Rachel. I'm sorry I ruined the surprise. Go ahead, press it. <laughs> I added something to our soundboard. <laughs> it's my dolphin sound. Sounds like a squirrel. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> now it's a squirrel. It's all Wait, things. that's not Tabitha's voice. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. Yeah. <laughs> no Tabitha today, but we did adopt a Scorpio into the mix. Yeah. So it's it's a Gemini, a Scorpio, and a Leo today. Wow, way to put me last. That's rude. That's how it <laughs> is in the actual name of the podcast. Everyone, this is my friend Michael Leary. Hey everyone. I hope you can hear me. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, you sound good. Yeah. All right, sounds good. Good. You're just a little yeah. echoey, but that's fine. It'll just more uh more powerful. It's like the voice of God effect instead. Yeah, more Scorpio. Well, that's Scorpio-like, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just very Absolutely. like, ah. Yeah. Mike, I have a question for you right off the bat. Okay. Have you ever had an alien experience? Huh. No. Damn. What about like a timey-wimey, like weird experience where you like feel like you were outside of time or time, oh, anything? Well, on um, on LSD, of course. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I have an interesting relationship with time. I would say I'm very interested in time because it's not real and it's fucked. Well, it's, yeah, I think that it's not. I think that it's um, not as significant as people think it is. Yeah, hundred percent. It's dumb. <laughs> I think it it's has to do real. with entropy. I think time and entropy are linked more than than people give it credit for. I think that uh, entropy is one of the only things that actually depends on time. Yeah. Scorpio, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. You guys sure. sent me my whole chart here, which is really cool. I think it looks very pretty. It does it look is very pretty. pretty. Yeah. Yours is you really got really some pretty. oppositions happening. I really actually like the way that it kind of looks like, I don't know, a little bit of a seesaw. I mean, I know it's like a little bit more off to the side, but there are parts of it that it's just like, I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. It's a cool looking chart. Hmm. So we'll definitely get into that at, at some point. But first, I think we were going to read the story of Scorpio as we do, as we have been doing for the past couple of Zodiac seasons. And see how you feel about it. Cool. You want to read the story? You're going to read, read Mike the story and I'm going to try to not react. Mike, I know you listen sometimes. Yes. I have hated almost every single Zodiac origin story that we've brought up. That's what we're doing this year. Is going through all the origin stories. So I hope you like and it. Being bothered by all of them. <laughs> yeah. They've literally all irked my soul. All right. Let's see. Not this time. Hopefully. We'll see. I hope not. Okay. So we are reading from the only astrology book you'll ever need. If you guys didn't already know that. Because it's, it's our book that we love to hate and hate to love. So <laughs> Scorpio. The Scorpion. The eighth sign of the Zodiac is represented by the scorpion, a poisonous creature that can paralyze its victims with the sting of its tail. The sign of Scorpio suffers from its association with the scorpion since its symbol is often hated and feared. 
The scorpion, however, was not always reviled. In ancient Egypt, it was defied in the form of Selket, the scorpion goddess. Selket was the protectress of the dead, and she is often seen on the walls of tombs with her wings spread out in a protective gesture. The classical myth of the scorpion begins with the death of Orion, a beautiful young giant and a great hunter who is the son of Neptune. Tales of Orion's prowess, strength, and manliness are legend. The story of his death is related in many versions. One is that Eos, goddess of the dawn, fell in love with him and carried him away with her. Diana, the moon goddess, became jealous that Eos should take a mortal lover and commanded a scorpion to kill Orion. Another version is that Orion tried to sexually assault Diana and she brought a giant scorpion out of the earth that stung Orion to death. And after Orion's death, Jupiter placed both Orion and the scorpion among the stars. They each became a constellation, Orion with his golden armor and sword in hand, one of the brightest and most spectacular constellations in heaven on the winter night sky. But when the scorpion who was placed in the zodiac sign rises in the summer, the brilliance of Orion fades. I also read another story that said that uh, Gaia was also the one that sent the scorpion after Orion. So no matter what, Orion was like fucking around. (laughs) And what goddess sent the scorpion to take Orion out (laughs) in all versions of the story. (laughs) Mercenary. Mercenary. It's a scorpion. I Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Another story that I read was like saying, and this one said it too, but I just like how the other story put it that like scorpion, the scorpion in the sky is like chasing after Orion. So it's kind of like no matter what, Orion is like getting his, you know, (laughs) for doing the things that he did. How do you feel about the story overall? Um, I think it's it's an interesting story. I like, I love all those um, kind of archetypal stories where like you just mentioned uh, Orion is constantly being chased by the Scorpio by the scorpion and I think that's that's cool I love all that stuff but uh, yeah the story's story's interesting I think that um, I, I took away that the Scorpio was the like a dog like the the scorpion was sent mm-hmm. to go do the the deed of you know well it's in my nature that kind of thing I, I always like that story too with the frog and, yeah um, the scorpion but uh, yeah it's interesting I recently was listening to something about Scorpio and it was talking about Scorpio and Aries and how Aries are the ones that are just like, let's go. And Mm -hmm. Scorpio is like the assassin, right? Right. Like Scorpio is the one that it's like, wait for it, wait for it. Keep planning. Wait for it. Got him. Got him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that made so much sense. Also, just the Aries people in my life that I know and love are just like, woo! They just like go for it. And the Scorpios are just kind of like sitting there waiting. Kind of like, I'm going to get the right time right when I... um, But they were talking about it like in the concept of war. In a way, right. the way they were describing it. So that's what made me Well, think. because, yeah, Mars rules both, both Aries and Scorpio. So 
Yeah. That makes sense. So they were talking about how Ares is like the front of line bat, like the soldiers that are just, woo, and like the Scorpios are the ones that are like plotting where they're going in and they're the ninjas. Yeah. And they're super inquisitive. Like they very much like to like know all of the details. So it's like takes a lot of planning, you know, so that makes sense that they would be the mercenaries or the assassin. It's like, how many things can I plan before I get not only my revenge, because I feel like we're just making Scorpios. I mean, yes, Scorpios can be vengeful, but at the same time, they can also use their powers for good as well. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned about uh, Aries. My sister is Aries, and hmm. um, she graduated. Um, I don't know if she. I think she graduated early from high school. She graduated early from college and has already like three master's degrees and a doctorate. And she's three years younger than me. And I, wow. it took me ten years to get one undergrad. So yeah. the stark difference is uh, evident. And most yeah. also what's interesting is most of my family is Scorpios. Oh, wow. And you're all like psychiatrists and therapists. And yeah. Stuff. And business owners. We're all, we're all business yeah. people and we all work together. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little scorpion nest. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Isn't that how they like do things too? Don't they like nest? I don't know, no. but don't know no. for the sake of the argument. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Uh, I used to breed scorpions. Yeah, here it is, Teresa. Here you oh, go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really, it's a really interesting story where I had. Uh, I, I always loved insects and creepy crawlies and things, um, reptiles, all that stuff. I bred snakes for a long time as well. But I had. Uh, I don't remember why I got all the scorpions, but I, I got them uh, and I found a supplier that would get the, the um, Pandinus imperator, which is the largest species of scorpion in the world. Uh, they're from Africa. And I found a supplier that would get them for me and I would buy dozens of them at a time. And uh, I would get them for usually around two and a half dollars or three dollars a piece. And every once in a while, it, it, well, actually it got to a point where I used to pick them out and I would pick out the fattest ones, which were usually pregnant females. Oh their, my God. Um, their gestation is 18 months. And if they don't have wow. perfect conditions for all of those 18 months, they will reabsorb all the embryos. So wow. it's very difficult to breed them. Um, but what I found, I mean, I just picked out the scorpions that were already pregnant and I knew they would have their babies within a few weeks. And so I would do that and I would sell the babies. And I, I, um, I sold them for, uh, like I said, I bought them for about two or $3 and then I would sell them for 15 to $20. And then one day I sold out all in a day, I sold everything. And I was like, wow, that was a good day. And, uh, the next weekend I went to the, um, the supplier and I said, all right, we'll do my usual. I'll get like uh, 30 or 40 of them. And he's like, okay, that'll be five grand. I'm like what? What happened? Well, what had happened is that they changed the importation laws on that specific species. So um, there was no longer any new ones coming in. So it was um, only the people that were actually breeding them. And I was kind of cheating at it. So I didn't have a good stockpile <laughs> of them. And I, I didn't know that that had happened. I think I was only 21 at the time. I wasn't really paying attention to all that stuff. So, <laughs> But it was really interesting. But that was the <laughs> end of my scorpion breeding days. That's... Who is buying these scorpions from you? All sorts of people. 
I sold um, my biggest seller was Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Uh, oh my God. Person, Tosa, that's the name. I had, um, I was actually the first person to sell them on eBay. And uh, when I was like 18 or 19, I remember seeing uh, a, co- a competitor come in and try to cut my prices, but he actually copied and pasted my entire description that Ooh. I made. And I, I remember messaging him and said, well, you know, I'm, I'm flattered. Uh, I wrote that when I was like 16. Thanks. <laughs> but, um, I then lowered my prices and put him out. So I, I, I had so many of them. I would sell them for like a dollar a piece. Sometimes I would sell pregnant ones for $15 and I would sell starter kits for like 30 or, or something. Of the uh, Madagascar cockroaches? Yeah, Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Why they, are they um, good? They don't like... survive winters. There's only three states. Uh, if I, well, at the time, I haven't done this in a long time, but it, it was Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. I couldn't ship them to. But I shipped them all over. I shipped them to Oklahoma State University, I think it was. They did testing. And that was my biggest order. And they wanted like 300 of them or something like that. Wow. And then um, they... Uh, I sent them to a lot of school classroom pets, the scorpions too. A lot of people had them as classroom pets. And then some people used to feed the, the cockroaches to sugar gliders. I had a couple of people that would come back regulars mm-hmm. that were um, feeding them to their sugar gliders. So Interesting. they told me they used to cut the legs off of them and then throw them at the sugar gliders. I don't know. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're chicken wings for them. Yeah. <laughs> It's so crazy because I just never thought of having one as a pet. I'm sitting here, I'm looking up. It says the U.S., some states require permits before you oh, wow. <laughs> can be kept as a pet or in breeding colonies such as Florida, which is yeah. what you were just saying. Yeah. In fact, during outreach programs, the University of Florida's Department of, I can't say those words, allows only males to be taken out of the laboratory. This is to prevent hmm. the possible introduction of a pregnant female into the environment. It's also possible to raise them to feed other pets as they are reasonably high in protein. Well, but a sugar glider. Like I just, the idea of one of those cute, sweet little angel babies <laughs> just being like, arr, 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 arr. <laughs> you know, I feel like they're probably not as sweet as, I don't know. We'll see. They look, cute. I don't know about them. I've seen them before. They are very cute, but I don't know like about them. I yeah. can't remember whether I know there, there's a flying squirrel and a sugar glider. One is a marsupial and one is a placental mammal, and I can't remember which is which. I just had the sugar glider up. I think the sugar glider. Nocturnal gliding possum. Okay, so that's the marsupial. Yeah. <laughs> which just absolutely blows my mind and makes me excited. <laughs> a nocturnal yeah. gliding possum. <laughs> yeah. Now that you're calling it that, like I need five because possum. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, when I worked at the insectarium in Philadelphia, there was a guy there and he used to carry one. He used to dress like an old timey, like get up with a vest and everything. And he had one in his vest pocket at all times. Sweet. It would, it would just be in there and it would crawl out on his shoulder sometimes and be like, hey, get back in there. And then he would throw it <laughs> treats and stuff. It was pretty cool. Throw it little cockroaches. cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. Now I need now I need a nocturnal gliding possum. <laughs> it's gonna be your next venture, venture. of animal. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I gotta say I don't I don't hate this one as much. I don't hate this story. 
I don't hate it as much either. I just always feel like we need more and they're never giving us more. And it's just like, it's so simple, but it's like, I feel like because it's a constellation in the sky, it should have so much more about it, but it's literally just like, here you go. Orion was being a dick. We sent a Scorpio and a Scorpion after him. He got yeeted out of existence and that's it. Yeah, they're secretive. They don't. They don't need. You know, isn't that the thing? They're, we're secretive. We, we're like, you don't need to know. Yeah. I had. Uh, I have an interesting story. I was involved in a what they called a hit and run, which I don't. I don't know exactly what happened, but I was driving a big box truck, and I had two other crew members in the truck with me. Um, none of us thought we were hit, but there was some guy like driving behind and being a little erratic. And I didn't know what he was, his problem was. So I just, whatever, I, I didn't think anything of it. We were at a job site like an hour later and I get a call from a police officer saying, you've been involved in a hit and run. Uh, we need you to come in. I'm like, what? This is ridiculous. This is, I feel like this is a scam. And then the phone line cut and I was like, okay, I guess that was a scam. I don't know, whatever. Then a few weeks later, I get all these tickets in the mail that totaled like over a thousand dollars of fines and things. And um, so I, I had to go into court and I was very wary of this because I had no idea what happened. Apparently somebody had uh, hit the truck and his bumper fell off of his car and he was trying to wave me down. So that's, that's what they told me after the fact, but I had no idea. So I go into the court and it's been my, I've, I've learned that you just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Just say yes or no. Don't give out any information. So that's what I came in. I came in like that. And uh, the prosecutor or the officer, whoever was there, he was very upset with that behavior. He did not like that. And later on, the judge was like, hmm, Scorpio, huh? That's why you're so secretive. I know I'm one, too. (laughs) She was was saying stuff like something. I don't remember what it was. I think that I had mentioned uh, oh yeah, my my uh, girlfriend said she'd never date another Scorpio, and then here she is. And the judge was like, "Yeah, they know they can't stay away once." They <laughs> <laughs> so it was a pretty interesting. Story. I still got slammed uh, with tickets, and it was really it, it like kind of messed up my insurance for a while. Still, I still deal with it, but um, I did get. I didn't have to pay. I think it was like fifteen hundred or something. I only had to pay two hundred. So at least I got a little bit off. Yeah, he was yeah. like, real recognizes real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah like, we'll cut some of this out for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was wild. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, Scorpios are definitely very mysterious. They they want all of the information, but they don't want to give any of their information away. It's like, you could tell me everything. Let's get down to the deep depths of who you are. But if you want to look at me, it's kind of like, hmm. I'm just going to go over here right now. (laughs) But again, that's so assassin. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've been told that. I don't feel like that, though. I feel like I divulge lots of information, but I've often been told that I do not, that I am secretive or that I, I, so I I feel a dichotomy there, uh, some dissonance, but I, 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 I definitely hear that. So I guess, you know, I just don't notice well, I can tell you why. Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking at the chart right now. I'm like, oh, I know why. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna say it's 
the Mercury, the Moon, and the Venus placements. Would you agree, Teresa? I would. Okay, so I guess let's let's run down what his placements are. Sure, you could do that if you'd like, since all I read right. the story. Oh, all right. We got the Sun in Scorpio. Uh, we have the Moon, Mercury, and Venus all in Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. Mars in Gemini. Jupiter and Leo, Saturn, Uranus, Uranus, yours, yours, Neptune, all in Capricorn, Pluto and Scorpio, North Node Aquarius, Chiron Cancer, Ascendant Virgo, and the MC is Gemini. Mm-hmm. So definitely the Moon, the Mercury, and Venus for sure makes a ton of sense. Also, two things that are interesting is that your moon and your rising are both at 29 degrees. So when a placement is at 29 degrees, it just adds extra oomph and extra power to it. And you're also in the last decan of Scorpio. So with that, that does give you a little bit more, especially with the sun being in Scorpio at 27 degrees, it gives you a little bit more openness that not many Scorpios may have because it puts you in a place where you've collected a lot of the wisdom, you've been through the Scorpio, like the Scorpion phase, and then now you've risen to the Phoenix, essentially. There's three phases phases of Scorpio. Um, I think it's the scorpion, the eagle, and the phoenix. So you are in the naturally just in the phoenix state because of the you were born in the 27th degree. So with that, and then your moon being at 29 degrees, which is the last degree of the moon being in Sagittarius, is also really interesting because that adds some extra oomph to your moon as well. Uh, Sagittarius moon people are um, very adventurous, very open to like the experience of life, likes to have a lot of fun, may have some escapism tendencies. So there may be some things in your life that like you and, and, you know, as we grow, as we get older, these are things that we work through, learn how to master, do all of that. But, you know, when you're really emotional, like you may be somebody that doesn't really always love to face their emotions head on, um, would rather, you know, sit about it, think about it, philosophize <laughs> about it. <laughs> and then philosophize and then get back to it later um and then so it's interesting and then also with your virgo rising also being at 29 degrees virgo is all about putting the puzzle pieces together to create something new to be of service to other people and i feel like virgo and scorpio have a lot of things in common when it comes to their inquisitive nature how innovative they are how creative they are like they're also very good at getting into their heads and staying there and creating and catastrophizing and doing things like that as well. So I feel like your your Sagittarius moon kind of loosens you up a little bit where your Scorpio placements may make you kind of mysterious and inquisitive and your Virgo placements may make you a little rigid and um, grounded at times, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just recently were talking about how Virgo and Scorpio were two of the same signs and then Libra came in and split them and that was like a part of the Libra story um, 
So I think that that's interesting too with it being like you having the sun in Scorpio and then the Virgo rising. It's just like the two different aspects of the same, two sides of the same coin, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And your sun and your moon, I'm sorry, your sun and your Mercury and your Venus are all in the third house. And the third house is all about communication. It's about high um, learning, not higher learning. Higher learning is more the ninth house, but it's about connecting to a lot of information, always looking to be like innovative and moving forward and things like that. So with your son and Scorpio being there, I feel like that also kind of loosens you up a little bit and, and allows you to communicate a little bit better. And then with your Mercury being in Sagittarius, Mercury is all about communication, but it's also about how we work, our work ethic, uh, the way that we learn, the way that we present information and things like that. So you're definitely somebody that a lot of people may come to for advice. You're somebody who is able to offer a different perspective to other people. You you know, somebody coming to you is looking for a different perspective. They're not looking for the same cookie cutter thing that everybody else is going to tell them because you have other experiences in your life that you can work with and work off of. That also is a place that would probably make you a really good teacher, somebody who can share wisdom and share information. But it also makes you a little spontaneous, maybe a little tactless at times. You know, maybe sometimes something slips out and you're like, oh, shit, I really shouldn't have just said that. But you said it already. So now we got to move on. (laughs) Um, But also uh, Venus is in Sagittarius as well. And Sagittarius Venus people are super open to the experience of love and life and all of that stuff. But they are also people that need freedom and need to be able to speak to their own drum if they have to, uh, or if they're feeling that way. Like my partner, for example, is a Sagittarius Venus as well. And I am a uh, Cancer Venus. And (laughs) there are times that I'm like, squeeze me. And he's like, but I'm going to sit over here. So it's like, (laughs) you have a lot of that love and that affection. And especially with the Scorpio placements too, because Scorpios love to love. But I feel like it's also like, I want to love you from a distance at times too. (laughs) It's interesting from um, my limited knowledge of Scorpio and astrology and all of this, I um, assumed, like I thought that a stereotypical Scorpio is usually skeptical. So I I hold a lot of skepticism for, uh, for many things like this. But one thing um, I think that it doesn't come from, it comes from uh, wanting concrete evidence and, and proof to say definitively, there's no, um, there's no gray area. There's no like wondering or there's no, you know, it, I, I like it. To, I like things to be correct. I, I think that that's been said for me before, but what you, you had mentioned, it's uh, I ha- I, I don't think we've ever met, but a lot of these things really do check out. So it's, it's pretty interesting. I um, was never given a diagnosis in school. Uh, they they couldn't put me into anything in the DSM five uh, for any any kind of uh, systematic diagnosis like ADHD or any learning disability. They said I was learning disable, disabled, uh, but they didn't give me any kind of clear cut diagnosis. The closest thing I ever got was you have processing problems and you think differently. So, but that 
and so for me, uh, I, I ended up, I started off as a bio major in college. I ended up getting a psych degree. A lot of what we did in both psych and biology was this nature versus nurture debate. So uh, for me to, to have uh, a lot of this stuff being uh, like backed up by this chart, that all almost like there's almost like a, a third option, you know, nature right. versus nurture versus uh, I, I suppose the stars. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's very interesting to me. I'm, I'm uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And also, I feel like with having those Sagittarius placements in those positions, too, especially in Mercury, it's like if I'm not having fun doing what I'm doing, I'm not going to pay attention. I just can't like your brain's just like, nope, I'm going to shut off. I'm going to shut down because if it's not interesting, if it's not fun, it's just boring and lame. So <laughs> it's like, how can I, I, I need to do something. My brain needs to focus elsewhere in order to, 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 to learn and to connect in that way. So I find that really interesting that, that, that all relates to you. And I'm glad that it does. Yeah. Another thing that's interesting is that you have a, Mer a Mars in Gemini, and that's in the ninth house. It is in retrograde in Gemini. So the biggest thing with that is that it is pretty much opposite your Mercury. So when Mercury and Mars are opposite each other, it just means that the energies are working together, but they're also kind of competing against each other. So Mars is the planet of action. It's aggression. It's passion. It's like sexy things. It's all of that. But with it being opposite your Mercury, it's kind of like you're always looking for more information. You're really good at skipping on like different tasks. It's like, I'm going to start here and then I'm going to go there and then I'm going to go there. And then by three o'clock in the morning, you're watching guys like build pools on YouTube, like digging into the, you know, into the, the earth and, and lining the bricks and doing all of that all because you started on one path. So I feel like with Mercury and Mars going back and forth with each other a lot, it's kind of like you are always questioning because where the, the third house is like lower education, like, like you know, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, uh, the ninth house is higher education. So it's college and beyond all of the things that you want to continue learning in life. So for me, with it being in Gemini, it's kind of this like, you're always going to be a student. You're always going to be somebody that's searching for answers, looking for more connecting in that way. And through doing that, you're able to not only connect with your higher self, but you're also able to like make more choices for yourself, become more vocal about it, speak about it more share your knowledge with other people. And because it is in retrograde, that usually means that it just takes a little bit for that part of your life to develop. So something that you couldn't do when you were younger was really sit, pay attention and learn the way that everybody else wanted you to. But as you grew older and learned more and was able to like pick what you were learning, that's really where a lot of your knowledge and education came in. Also, one more thing about Gemini is that your midheaven is in Gemini as well at the 28th degree, which is that line that says MC at the top of the chart. And that just to me, that just means you're not somebody who's meant to do one thing in your life. Like you are somebody who's going to be always doing and creating multiple streams of income, multiple ventures in life. People are always going to know you as somebody who is like very open, communicative, funny, like you like to have a good time. You're like around for that kind of stuff. But also somebody who is like makes other people feel comfortable because you are kind of able to mold yourself 
to be who other people need you to be. So even though that is also kind of a Scorpio trait as well, Scorpios are also chameleons in a sense. I would say that Gemini and Scorpio are probably the two most chameleon-esque signs in the Zodiac, but they're really able to help other people and make them feel comfortable because they mold their personalities to the person and what they need at the time. So having a career where you're able to have freedom, you're able to communicate, you're able to talk to people and uh, like teach them things, things of that nature, something that would be really great for you. And with it being at 28 degrees there as well, a lot of your stuff is towards the end of that spectrum, which I find really interesting because it just kind of means you came into this life, even though there are lessons you need to learn in each of these signs, you've already learned a lot of those lessons. So it's kind of like, I feel like it's, the, the shadow work of each of the signs, you know, it's like we're coming back for round three and we're just going to see here, you know, what is the what's the final lesson? What are the boundaries that need to be broken? What are we repeating? What are the challenges? Like, how are we releasing this kind of stuff? And it's not it's all of your signs. Yeah, it's not all of the signs. It's like it's your sun is in 27 degrees, your moon's in 29 degrees, your rising's in 29 degrees and your midheaven, which also means that your IC and your descendant are also in those degrees as well, because they're oppositions. But um, it's just a lot of a lot of like end of cycle stuff, which I find really interesting. So I, I mean, I wonder if that means that maybe in your next life, it's kind of like, you're ending a cycle now so that in your next life you can start new or maybe you're like leveling up in the spirit world and maybe you like don't have to come down and do muggle shit anymore after this <laughs> I'd be so jealous yeah. what was that so jealous oh jealous oh well you know it's that i uh, i can uh, identify with that i kind of feel like that a lot of people i, I imagine that that comes across as arrogance and i've been called arrogant a lot but i that i do kind of feel like that like that old soul kind of thing. And you had mentioned too, um, teacher, I often was told you should be a teacher when I was a kid. I didn't though see the uh, uh, monetary benefit of becoming a teacher. I didn't think that was a good idea. But I don't think that anybody could tell you, any of even my closest friends really tell you what I do. Even my partner, I don't think she could tell you what I do. Yeah, I you do just a do little, a lot I'm of doing, stuff. I do a lot of stuff. Yeah, you I, do, do a lot I, of I think stuff. the best way to do it is I um, I move money around and I make things. I build things, mm -hmm. whether they're physical things or ideas. Yeah, That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I'm glad that that all checks out. It does. Yeah, it, it really does. It's, uh, more so than I thought. I really was, uh, you know, I, I, I was very interested to see because I don't really know a lot about this. And... Um, that's it's like I, I got my tarot cards read one time and uh, it was actually very it was kind of shocking because I was really not connected to anything spiritual at the time. I didn't really I was working a lot and that's all I did. And it, I, I had this these these cards read and I was like, whoa, that's like the person who read them didn't know me very well. And it was very, very specific. And it was actually very meaningful for me at the time and it helped me a lot. So it was, it was interesting. And this, this is going to be another thing that I remember like, wow, okay, this is very interesting. I'm going to think about this a lot. And you'll have it recorded. So you could always go back and listen to it again and again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 
also people that have Scorpio placements are naturally intuitive. So even if you don't, even if it's not something that you resonated with in the past, it will be something that you grow into as you get older, Mm. especially with it being in the 27th degree in your chart. It's as you grow older and move through your life and through your experiences and stuff, you really learn how to trust your gut and trust your instincts. And that's something that develops over time. So I think that trusting your gut is, and I mean, for Scorpios, I feel like gut instincts are more cancer. For Scorpios, it's kind of more of just this innate knowing. Like you just know things. Like you just know if it's going to work out, you know, if it's not going to work out, you could feel the energy of people, you know, how they're going to react in a certain situation. And yeah, maybe sometimes that's helpful, but other times maybe you make up stories about it, but other times it's like real, you know, you could tell the difference between a made up story and like the real feeling, but yeah, it's about just learning to trust yourself. That's Scorpio's whole whole gig is trust. Their life is yeah. meant to learn how to trust. So, yeah, it's like the betrayal. Like you've been betrayed, and now you just have to learn how to overcome that. Mm-hmm. You've oh, been yeah. betrayed by being born a Scorpio. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's funny. I was um, that has trust has been key thing in my life a lot. Uh, when I was a kid, I was brutally honest. So in schools, whenever there was a fight, they would all, all the teachers knew they would ask me and I would incriminate myself if need be or not. I was always brutally honest. So that that's interesting. And then when people when people don't know that about me, like most of my friends I've had since then, I've, I keep a close set of friends that I've known for a long time, but new people that don't know that about me. I'm like, why not? Why don't you trust me? What do you mean you don't trust me? So that's <laughs> been a thing. Yeah. It's like, cause they're like, cause I don't know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I move money. It's fine. I built yeah. <laughs> What are you doing over you- there? <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, that's really funny. It's really, it's good though. For me, this is really fun. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm ha- this is awesome. Yeah. yeah it's pretty, it's it's wild the uh, uh, degree to which you're accurate. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna get deep here for one moment, just with one placement, and then I want to talk about your Jupiter placement, and then if you have any questions, we could we could talk about that moving forward. But uh, you have a Cancer Chiron in the tenth house, and it's in retrograde in your chart. So Chiron is the wounded healer. Chiron is the, our inner child wounds. It is what has hurt us the most in life, like those kinds of feelings. And with it being in your 10th house of career um, and legacy and all of that stuff, it's just really super important that you make sure throughout your life, as you take care of people, as you guide people, as you help try to help people be the best people that they can be, that you're also making sure that you're taking care of yourself too. Because people that have cancer Chiron placements have a really hard time with self-care. Self-care is probably one of their biggest wounds because they feel so responsible that they have to take care of other people. And with it being in your place of legacy, it's interesting because people are gonna remember you for being that kind, caring, loving person that made them feel safe and loved and cared for. But you wanna make sure that you're doing it not at the expense of yourself and that you're doing it for the reasons that 
the right for the right reasons, you know, for because you you want to be of service. Now, also because you have this Virgo rising, you're naturally of service to other people in that area as well. Virgos love to be of service. So you have a lot of placements that are like, I want to help. I want to be out there. I want to give and give and give and give. But at the end of the day, if you're not being met with the same love that you're giving out, it's very draining and it's sometimes very hard to see. So just making sure that you're still following through with self-care practices for yourself, making sure that you're taking care of yourself in, in ways that you can. Also, your uh, Saturn is not exactly opposite your Chiron placement. It's at 21 degrees and Chiron's at 27 but they're still oppositions of each other in your chart, no matter what. And Saturn is the lesson teacher and the pattern breaker and all of that stuff. So with that being in your fourth house of home, it's kind of like through you breaking patterns that you may have picked up from your family that you may have picked up from when you were younger through just like maybe having to take care of yourself and, and whoever else in your life not being taken care of in the way that you had wished or hoped you were you're working through that by being this overly giving person and in your chiron placement and you're forgetting that you have to put your mask on first, you know, on, on an airplane, they always say, put your, your breathing mask on first before you help other people. So I think it's just an important reminder that a lot of the stuff that you may have went through when you were younger, uh, a lot of lessons that you may have needed to learn may come up a lot for you throughout your life. But the way that you respond to those lessons and the way that you work through them and the way that you show up for yourself, instead of worrying what everybody else needs, um, is where the growth is going to come. Like make decisions for you, not for everybody else and not for what everybody else wants you to do, essentially. Yeah, that's been a common theme lately. I've been really trying to to recognize that and that that is uh, a tough thing for me saying no, like saying, no, I can't actually do this thing for you right, right now. That's been, that's really tough for me. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm working of course. <laughs> and that's, I always tell people that Chiron is a journey. It's not a destination. It's something that you're going to be working through a lot in your life, just as, as things come up. But every time you say no, every time that you break a pattern, every time that you choose you over somebody else, you're evolving through that, through that sign. You're evolving through that placement. So, you know, don't put too much on yourself. Don't put too much pressure on yourself, but making those choices to stand up for yourself is where that healing comes in where you may not have felt like you could do that before. I got to get, I got to get deep. I just got to do it. I'm sorry. I got to, I got to get at people. It's just who I am as a person. I do it with love. You're, you're talking to a Scorpio, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all about the deep. Yeah. My, yeah. my current partner uh, was living with a, a friend of mine and she asked him, Hey, what do you think about this guy? And his response was, oh, he's a deep pool. Mm. And I thought that was very fitting. I liked it. In the thing that I was listening to that I spoke about earlier with about Scorpios and stuff, uh, this person was like, if you ever really want to piss off a Scorpio, just let them talk in, this, in the middle of them just talking. Just be like, it's not that deep. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like that's how you piss off a Scorpio. You oh just... my god, my sister used to say that to me all the time. She figured and that I out. bet you it pissed you the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because it was it was like a few Scorpios talking about it, and the other one was like, "My eye just twitched when you said." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I could, yeah, I could imagine. It's literally just look a Scorpio right in the right in the eyes. It's not that deep. <laughs> you just, you just. You just dropped a bomb. Everything's done. That's so funny. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is that. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So the last thing that I really wanted to mention was your Jupiter placement. You have a, a Leo Jupiter in the 11th house, which is great. It's all about community. It's all about making your hopes and dreams come true, but it's also about allowing yourself to shine in that community. It's allowing yourself to be the, you know, it's weird because you have a lot of placements that are like, here, be the person, but then your Chiron placement is like, but be the person for yourself. So it's like a lot of, a lot of back and forth with that. So that's going to be something that you're going to have to learn how to balance. But with having the Leo Jupiter, just being somebody who gives, being loving from the heart, giving where you can, uh, you know, doing things because you love the person, like doing things for charity. Like it is about building your wealth and things of that nature. And Leo is kind of in, in Jupiter, in my opinion, is kind of just naturally, abundant in a lot of ways and because you have it in your community community position it's like you can be very abundant in community because of the way that you take care of people and make people feel safe and loved and supported so i feel like that's a really good position for you because through the community that you create is where your abundance comes uh financial and just abundance in general we love jupiter so we always talk about jupiter we do love Jupiter, but I do think it's good though. Cause it's like every, like what you were just saying, Teresa, everything is pointing to this like sharing of service X, Y, and Z, but just making sure because of the Chiron, like just don't take it too far. Mm-hmm. Like recognize when you are draining yourself and be like, I need it. I need the moment. Mm-hmm. I need the moment for me, which is just a lesson. Like, yeah, everyone should should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Giving yeah. themselves that love that they need. <laughs> it's not that deep, though. You know, it's not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely it's that so deep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that that was the last placement that you wanted to talk about. For me, I just want to circle back on something, Mike, that you said earlier about... Um, like wanting to figure out the truth and like yeah. know the truth about things. It's like, why can't like, what is this? And I definitely think that has to do with your three Capricorn placements. Hmm. Teresa, mm. I'm, I'm going to tap you in on this because I just don't, I'm also into your opinion, but like Uranus and Neptune, like just be and Saturn all being in Capricorn uh, and it being just the lesson also you're mixing in like illusion like what is real what is not and then all being in capricorn which is dad just Mm -hmm. big dad energy and it's like dad needs to know dad needs to know what's up oh that's interesting like that's 
Yeah, and it's like, I don't, you know, you got to get this illusion out of here. I need this lesson. Like, I need to figure out and know what this actually is. And, and especially like, with it being in your fourth house, it's like, I need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to know, like, what it is in a sense of, like, how how did it affect me? How deep is it? What do I need to do to move through it? And because the fourth house is all about family and our um like our inner world, essentially where our soul lives is what they say. So it's kind of like it puts this kind of rigidity on things also when it comes to that as well. Like you may beat yourself up a lot if you're not in the place where you think you should be, if you're not moving in the direction that you think you should be, if you're not moving, you know, building the life that you want to build, it makes you hard on yourself. Yeah. But I definitely think that's where you need to, where you get the, like, I need to know about this. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, like I also the mixture of Scorpio and Sag, too. Like, all of it. Mm-hmm. That whole little section all he has going like, on right I there. <laughs> yeah. I want to yeah. know. Can you show me? <laughs> can, can you show me? Yeah. This is a good one. I've never, I don't think I've ever actually, like, looked at your chart, Mike. So it's, yeah. it's cool. It's cool digging in, digging into this. Just so you know, like the first time, I'm sure Stevie won't care that I share this. And this is just a story that and Mike is already smiling. He knows what I'm going to say. Like the first time, like we all met Mike, that our friend like uh, brought him around. Stevie was moving, right? And Stevie had <laughs> one of her kids, like she had the, her placenta. It was like frozen. Mm-hmm. in the freezer you, know, you can like turn them into capsules and they're like really good for like it's really good for you and all that stuff so stevie had her her placenta and like this is the first time mike's like meeting all of us <laughs> stevie's about to like move and leave and we're all i don't even know how this happened but we're all out in her backyard about to bury the placenta <laughs> in like <laughs> almost like ceremonial but it was just kind of like this like there was no pre-ritual done to it at all and she like passed around this like tupperware (laughs) it's frozen and like it was kind of uh like everyone just had to you know like give a little like blessings to the to the placenta (laughs) and mike didn't skip a beat he grabbed it he like took a moment you know gave that energy the placenta passed it on to the next person and we were like all right mike can definitely stay around because like (laughs) the first time meeting everyone and he like straight up blessed a placenta of somebody that he just met and like helped us bury it in the backyard that's very funny so, yeah i thought it was super cool <laughs> yeah i know you were so excited and we were like all right yeah yeah he can he's he's definitely he can stay <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just showed up and you're like yep we're doing it this yeah. is the thing all right yeah that sounds good <laughs> yeah that's like some scorpio shit it's like fuck yeah i'll help you bury your placenta yeah. what's your name again what's your name again <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah um i'll let stevie know that i said that story i'm pretty sure she'll let keep it in there but i feel like i do gotta i gotta run it by her i'm sure she'll be fine with it I'm I'm sure, stevie like, is I such an open it. book yeah she is yeah Yeah, she is very true (laughs) so do you have any questions about your chart well what do the degrees mean so 
all of the degrees are just so actually there is technically a zodiac sign associated with most of the degrees so if we really go through each of them it breaks down into like different layers of how much you are of this sign if that makes sense like we were mentioning like the decans earlier so mm -hmm. it's just another way to kind of break down the level of scorpio you have in you the level of leo you have in you and it also is, so all of the quadrants are, all of the zodiac signs are broken up into 30 degrees. So it's also just a way to kind of like know where it starts, where it ends, a way to decipher uh, that kind of information too. Um, right. So when you, when I've got the thir the 29 degrees, I'm like right there, almost at, at 30, right? And the 27, that's like, that's what you guys were saying with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it adds Are like an extra like... oomph of energy to you that's like the wisdom of that sign. It's like you're at the end of the, the evolution of that sign. So you may have more knowledge in a specific, like for me, uh, like I was saying earlier for you, like you're in the Phoenix phase of Scorpio. So you're not exactly mm -hmm. the scorpion where you may be very vengeful or like, you know, all Scorpios still have this a part of them, but because you're more of like a Scorpio with like a little bit of a Pisces nature attached to it, it makes you really more inquisitive and artistic and open in that sense. So then if I'm looking at the the circle picture here, uh, is it safe to assume that there are triangles drawn from each of these these uh, nodes, I guess, and they're out of 30 degrees on each angle? Is that where that comes from? So the the triangles and stuff that are in the middle are different types of aspects. So it's how the planets may be working together in your chart to cause either uh exaltation where it would bring like really great things or squares which are like also bringing like more detriment to your chart so it's once again just like another layer of how your chart plays together so that you can learn how to work with those planets together as one versus working with them separately uh which you could do either you know you could work with it however you want a lot of times people also use the angles for uh, like transit charts, excuse me. So with transit charts, it's essentially like you take your birth chart, you slap another chart over it and you see how like your energy may be working with the energy of right now, or you could pick a date in the future, things like that. It, it just adds more math to it, which is like weird because you would think that me being somebody who is not a mathematician, <laughs> wouldn't understand astrology <laughs> it's like through learning astrology i've learned how to math also so <laughs> cool. cool. i really like math so that all of these numbers are exciting to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you want to learn more about astrology that's where i would start then follow follow what what yeah, it calls to you cool. you know all of the angles and all of the the degrees and all of that stuff it's a good doorway to go through yeah yeah so and that's um, like a heavy complex area too so get, mm -hmm. getting that under the belt for yes. like in a, in a way that's easy for you too is like yeah chef yeah I'm, i've been doing this for years sense. and i'm still working on that so yeah <laughs> yeah um so what uh something that 
I had mentioned earlier is the nature versus nurture. So in, in um, psychology, obviously I went to school for psychology. So I, I kind of have uh, that vantage point for a lot of this. And, and at the end of the day, it's all guesswork anyway. But the nature versus nurture is, was I born or my, is my uh, phenotype, my, my genetic components make me who I am or is it the environment in which I was raised I imagine that looking at it from that perspective and then adding this in to it add another dimension to that but I wonder um, how much of this do you think is like preordained or destiny or uh, like so these things make sense to who I am but did they make my like chicken or the egg kind of thing. Did yeah. do you guys ever talk about that? Cause that's very interesting to me is, is this um, like, I, I often have the, uh, I, I often wonder about the, the debate between deterministic reality and, and free will. So I wonder, you know, how much of this is, is because it is, and there isn't really any kind of division between nature versus nurture versus uh, astrology. It's just, it, it just all is it all, happens to be because that's the way it is do you want me um, you I, I want you i know you want to go first rachel i saw you get ready you like pushed your hair back you like sat up a little bit <laughs> taller you like, <laughs> like rachel's ready to like, say yeah. something yeah. <laughs> well i okay so this is gets woo woo i'm gonna okay. get woo woo okay so I'm here for it and this is just like from everything that i i guess i've taken i've grab from my experiences with my aunt and my family and like you know my aunt's a medium and like the different things that she's like done and said and stuff that I just from me this is like for some reason this is what I believe this is my knowing that I feel like is just feels right to me I feel like before we come into this crazy place we're in a war room with whatever ever other energies and we're like all right what is it that we need to like learn and like, what is it that we need to do? Like, what do I want to do? And then it's kind of like, all right, let's place all these things here so that like there'll be these aspects that push me in a place where like I need to learn them. And then that's kind of like the portal of how you enter the earth. And it's like, okay, so you have these energies and this intention when you come into this space, but it's your responsibility and it's like oh, still up to you how you interact with these energies and how like what happens to you how it affects you and if you are able to overcome the things that you wanted to learn before you even got here does that make sense yes it's like lessons yeah it's both yeah and it's it's how you how you interact with the lessons yeah and i feel like it's not even like if you I know we've all experienced this where you have something that happens and then it like reoccurs and it comes like the topic or the situation revisits. It's like it comes and revisits you in a different aspect of your life. And I feel like each of those is just it's like another way to overcome that lesson. Or maybe it's even that you didn't get everything 
like you were supposed to learn from the last one, but like, all right, that was your first step to learning that lesson. Now we're going to bring it to you in this other aspect where you can learn it again at a higher level so you can get to the point where you're like, okay, I, I did this. So I feel like even though you have the free will, you've come here, you're like, okay, these are the things that I want to do. These are like, now I'm going to live my life and I'm going to like make all of my choices. And, you know, I had this intention, but like, this is, you know, so I set some things up. Right. So I have like, you know, the nurture part, like I set up like my parents and my family and these dynamics and like what's going on. Like I've set up all these things so that I can kind of learn this stuff because I came from out there. So I think it's all going to be fun. And then I come down here and I'm like, oh, shit, this is like work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then even if you don't learn it, you still have like other things in place to help you get back on track. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of why like it always works out. Yeah. in a sense you know how like it's weird like everything always fucking ends up working out like even when it fucking sucks you're like it just it just always ends up working out somehow mm -hmm. and i think it's because it's just you still can be led to whatever the main goal is uh of what you came in here for i have a really hard time voicing like putting that stuff into words so i hope that that made sense in my mind oh, it, like and in my Heart, it makes yeah, total yeah. sense. It's, it. it's so hard for me to okay yes, to say the words. Do you, what do you think is the end goal? I think is the that, end goal is to not come back. And like then, you, but, you've learned okay, it. All. So what what do you think is out there? In what way? Like beyond the spirit. The beyond, yeah, once, the great you're, beyond. once you're done with this this rock out here with blue rock out here, what are you doing after that? I don't. I mean. I forgot. I, think it's I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I know what I do know is that I have no idea <laughs> and that there's no way that I could even be able to put it into actual words. But in the way that my human brain sees it, it's you go to earth school, I guess. Right. And you right. go through all the things and then you get to a point where you can assist other people going through it i feel i personally believe that we kind of go through our lives with similar souls kind of like in the sense of you know stevie and i jokingly because i'm a capricorn rising and she's a cancer rising so before like i was dad and she was mom like just like like you kind of just play out these aspects and the things that you want to learn with other portions of different souls and energies that are around so i feel like it's kind of a collective. We're all working to progress and get these lessons done together. Um, but I do feel like I'm hoping what I would love is that you can get to a point where you don't have to come back and you can just assist from the spirit realm, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, I can't even imagine what that realm would actually be like. Right. And this is actually perfect because this will go right into the the tarot card that Scorpio represents, which is the death card, the death and rebirth card. And I like to kind of talk about how, you know, when you were in utero, like being born had to have been a form of death. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. I'm in this, I'm super comfy. What is this? All of a sudden I'm getting squeezed. What is this? What? What are all of these things? Now, all of a sudden, I'm breathing out of my nose. Like, it's a completely different reality. Mm. 
So mm-hmm. that experience of being in embryo was a co- and moving to this plane was a complete death and rebirth. And it's just, I imagine that that is what the okay. next step is, oh, is that cool. I couldn't even imagine yeah, what yeah, it's yeah. going to be because you went from being in something, to, <laughs> you know, and then to being like out into something. And then next step is basically we're out of this thing this meat suit right. so we're just like slowly continuously busting out of our shells because oh, the next step is like we let go of the the physical body yeah. so it's just i can't even imagine what that would even look like or what that would even be so i had a That's dream cool. once that i was at so i used to go to this place called daniel's in pennsylvania for like a vacation in the summer and a lot of the times when i have dreams it's like i am someplace like i feel like i'm there but i'm not really there if that makes sense like i dream about anahata's like that all the time so so once so with this dream i was go i was at daniel's and there was this specific hallway that we would take to get to like this place called the waterfall room and where we would do karaoke and all of that so in my dream, I'm at Daniel's, I'm going through all of these different hallways, I'm like going through these doors, I'm walking up all of these steps, and all of a sudden this, it opens up to this room that is a bunch of glass escalators that go up, only up, there are no down escalators, they're only going up, and there's this just big, huge, like glass room, and if you looked up, it was just all the stars, and like the glass was all lit up, so like that was the only source of light, like the, all of the glass was glowing, and I went up to the escalator, and I went to the top, and I saw like a bunch of people there that like I know have passed away and like moved on and have like moved on from this physical form, and it was just really, really crazy and interesting. And I think that that was like the first time I ever looked at it and was like, oh, wait, maybe this is like the in-between, like this is like the transition phase into whatever the next life or whatever the next form I'm going to be in might be. So I find that really interesting. And that was like a dream I will never forget. When I woke up from that dream, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> where where was I? <laughs> yeah. Have either of you ever heard of the story by Andy Weir, The Egg? The Egg? The Egg. Yeah. I have. I my like... brother loves that. Do you want to, would you like to share it? I love that. My brother is also a Scorpio and he also loves that story. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. You know, I um, I would rather not disappoint or or like spoiler it for people, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could like pause it or something, go read it because it's short. But it's really great. I um, it was introduced to me by a, a, actually another. Uh, I dated a Scorpio for a while, and she introduced it to me. And at the time, I was very rigid against all spirituality. I was only numbers, and none of that made any sense. It was all storytelling for me, and I didn't I didn't buy any of it. But she told me this story. I can find it and read it if you want. You should, yeah. Do 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 that. Do that. I don't know if I I don't know if I've if I've heard the like I feel like I've heard of this but I don't know if I've actually interesting Patrick sends this to me yeah. all the time he's like have you ever heard that have you ever read this I'm like yeah every single time you send it to me. <laughs> um <laughs> okay the egg by Andy Weir you were on your way home when you died it was a car accident Nothing particularly remarkable, but fatal nonetheless. You left behind a wife and two children. 
It was a painless death. The EMTs tried their best to save you, but to no avail. Your body was so utterly shattered, you were better off, trust me. That's when you met me. What happened, you asked. Where am I? You died, I said matter-of-factly. No point in mincing words. There was a truck. It was skidding. Yup, I said. I died? Yup, but don't feel bad about it. Everyone dies, I said. You looked around. There was nothingness. Just you and me. What is this place, you asked. Is it the afterlife? More or less, I said. Are you God, you asked. Yup, I replied. I'm God. My kids, my wife, you said. What about them? Will they be all right? That's what I like to see, I said. You just died and your main concern is for your family. That's good stuff right there. You looked at me with fascination. To you, I didn't look like God. I just looked like some man or possibly a woman, some vague authority figure, maybe more of a grammar school teacher than an almighty. Don't worry, I said. They'll be fine. Your kids will remember you as perfect in every way. They didn't have time to grow contempt for you. Your wife will cry on the outside, but will secretly be relieved. To be fair, your marriage was falling apart. If it's any consolation, she'll feel very guilty for feeling relieved. Oh, you said. So what happens now? Do I go to heaven or hell or something? Neither, I said. You'll be reincarnated. Ah, you said. So the Hindus were right. All religions are right in their own way, I said. Walk with me. You followed along as we strode through the void. Where are we going? Nowhere in particular, I said. It's just nice to walk a while while we talk. So what's the point then, you asked. When I get reborn, I'll just be a blank slate, right? A baby. So all of my experiences and everything I did in this life won't matter. Not so, I said. You have within you all of the knowledge and experiences of your past lives. You just don't remember them right now. I stopped walking and took you by your shoulders. Your soul is more magnificent, beautiful, and gigantic than you can possibly imagine. A human mind can only contain a tiny fraction of what you are. It's like sticking your fingers in a glass of water to see if it's hot or cold. You put a tiny part of yourself into the vessel. When you bring it back out, you've gained all the experience it had. You've been in a human for the last 48 years, so you haven't stretched out and felt the rest of your immense consciousness. If we hung out here for long enough, you'd start remembering everything. But there's no point in doing that between lives. How many lives have I been reincarnated then? Oh, lots and lots. All in a lots of different lives. This time around, you'll be a Chinese peasant girl in 540 AD. Wait, what? You stammered. You're sending me back in time? Well, I technically, well, I guess technically, time as you know it only exists in your universe. Things are different where I come from. Where you come from, you said. Oh, sure, I explained. I come from somewhere, somewhere else, and there are others like me. I know you'll want to know what it's like there, but honestly, you wouldn't understand. Oh, you said, a little let down. But wait, if I get reincarnated to some other places in time, I could have interacted with myself at some point. Sure, happens all the time. 
And with both lives only aware of their own lifespan, you don't even know what's happening. So what's the point of it all? Seriously, I asked. Seriously, you're asking me for the meaning of life? Isn't that a little stereotypical? Well, it's a reasonable question, you persisted. I looked you in the eye and said, the meaning of life, the reason I made this whole universe is for you to mature. You mean mankind? You want us to mature? No, just you. I made the whole universe for you. With each new life, you grow and mature and become larger and greater and, and you become a larger and greater intellect. Just me? What about everyone else? There is no one else, I said. In this universe, there's just you and me. You stared blankly at me. But all of the people on earth, all you in different incarnations of you. Wait, I'm everyone? Now you're getting it, I said with a congratulatory slap on the back. I'm every human who ever lived or who will ever live? Yes. I'm Abraham Lincoln. And you're also John Willicks Booth, too, I added. I'm Hitler, you said appalled, and you're also the millions he killed. I'm Jesus, and you're also everyone who followed him. You fell silent. Every time you victimized somebody, you were only victimizing yourself. Each act of kindness you've done, you've done to yourself. Every happy and sad moment ever experienced by any human was or will be experienced by you. You thought for a long time. Why? You asked me, why do all of this? Because someday you will become like me, because that's what you are. You are one of a kind, my child, and you are my child. Whoa, you said incredulously. You mean I am a god? No, not yet. You're a fetus, still growing. Once you've lived every human life through all of time, you will grown enough to be you will have grown enough to be born. So the whole universe, you said, is just an egg, I answered. And now it's time for you to move on to your next life. And I sent you on your way. The end. Yeah, it's a good one, right? <laughs> and it gets me every time. I know. I was like almost crying. I was like, holding it, Teresa. <laughs> no, but I, I, um, I agree. Right? Yeah. With it. Did I ever talk about like what I think... I feel like Teresa, I like drew it for you once. You and I, I have I spoken my, about it. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but my Ferris wheel yeah. analogy. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is like perfect with the Ferris wheel analogy. All right, let me see if I can try to do this. Mike. Okay. Everyone listening. <laughs> Imagine a Ferris wheel, mm-hmm. right? And it has like all of the little like uh, car, like the, the things that hold yeah. the people. The little seats. Spokes. Yeah, has all the little seats all around it. Spokes. Okay. And then I want you to imagine this Ferris wheel with all of the little seats and think about it in the aspect of the iceberg ego photo, right? So just the tip of like put it underwater. So just like a few of the seats actually are above water and are just turning. Right, so the rest of the Ferris wheel is all underwater, and then you just get a few to come up under, and then the rest is all underwater. And then that's, I guess, the other aspect of what I think, like, the big picture is. So, like, you just have, like, everything that's kind of happening on top of the water is just the people that are here right now, like, on Earth Mm -hmm. right now. 
but it's all connected to one bigger thing. So this would be in this story, God being like, you are everybody, but like you have to experience each one of these aspects to be able to move on to the next thing. So in my mind, it, it plays perfectly with my mental theory of like how it all works. So if you learn all the lessons that you're supposed to learn in life, right? And then you kind of go around and then you would be reincarnated again. But then if you think about how like there's lights that kind of work towards the center, mm. like maybe it's like the next part, you don't have to, you won't touch the top of the water and you can stay underneath and kind of help the rest of humanity kind of getting closer and closer and closer to moving to the next aspect and like, I guess, maturing right. as it says. Does that? Yeah. Yeah. You see it? Okay. Definitely. Because it's. I'm like, normally I draw yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I <laughs> when it. I explain to people. That's cool. I like draw the circle and I like draw like the water just so there's like maybe three cars mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. at a time. Yeah. I like this. This is a good. This is a good story. And I yeah. feel like it's true. And I definitely subscribe to the theory that if we are reincarnated, it's not linear too. Right. Like I believe that time is definitely not linear i don't know if you've ever seen the show the good place but they talk about how time moves in a jeremy barramy and the dot on the eye is tuesdays and almost never and july and it's just like yeah I also have this weird, I like the every time you victimize someone, oh, yeah. you're victimizing yourself. I really love that because I have this other just weird belief, and I don't know why or how this even started popping up into like my brain and what I think, but I just have this feeling that when we die and we do life review, which I guess would be kind of what this guy was doing, his like life review mm-hmm. in a way, um, I have a feeling that what's going to happen is that you're going to feel how you've made everyone else feel in your life. And I think mm-hmm. the reason for that is because that in itself would help you mature and understand and move on to the next step. It's like yeah. how you've made every other person feel with like all of your interactions. Like, you know how you have like the light, you're like your light flashes before mm-hmm. your eyes type of thing. Yeah, I feel like it's actually going to be, Yes, but like how all of those other people, which are also aspects of you, aspects of the bigger consciousness, have felt with you interacting with it. Because then it kind of like double speeds, like double times it too. Because like you know how you felt during that time when you were expressing yourself to that person. But if you, you know, it's probably deeper than my life flashed before my eyes. It's the feeling. It's probably even deeper than what I'm saying right now too. Yeah. But like probably the aspects of like what actually happen in those moments and like how you made that person feel or who the hell really knows yeah do you guys know who um guy carries the boats what's his name uh goggins david goggins what? no david goggins you have you heard of david goggins oh yeah. yes he's got a theory I, I don't know if you read his book can't hurt me but at the end he just he's he like this it was crazy and uh, like he's done like crazy ridiculous things and he's now he's yeah. like uh he goes just because he's bored he goes and fights fires in in uh, montana i think that's what he's doing and because he's like he was a marine he's he's everything but he was like 
at one point in his life, he was like, I'm like not living up to my potential. Like I'm just sitting here. I'm getting unhealthy. I'm drinking milkshakes every day. I don't know. Like I'm an exterminator. This is not what I want. And he said at the end of it, he says, at the end of life, this is what he believes. I go, we go up there and we're at the pearly gates and we have a review. And I don't want that mf -er to have anything on there that you could have done. Well, you could have been the guy that went through the Marines three times. You could have been the guy that ran hundreds of miles. You could have been, but you didn't because you just sat there and you were like living at your mom's. Like that, then that's all you ever did. So he's like, I'm not going to let him say anything that I could have done. He's going to be on the list. He's like, yeah, you, you did it all. So I thought that was, that was like super like, yes, yes, that's super inspiring. But I think like along your point, that's the same kind of thing. Like that's a guy, I guess maybe he's just done all the things, you know, and he's at the end. He's like, I got to get at the end of this ride already. I got to get off this Ferris wheel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just have a lot of I have a lot of feelings about about David Goggins. I didn't finish his book. Oh, okay. I listened to most of it. I audio I audioed it, but I know that like he doesn't have the best uh, track record with his marriages. Oh, I don't know anything about relationships. Yeah, I think he's been married like four times. Or something. I, I could be wrong with that, but I'm pretty sure. So like. That's what I'm saying is even though he's fucking can run a bazillion miles and just does all of this like crazy physical stuff, there's still going to be something yeah, that the like, motherfucker's hey, going to have. I mean, like, yeah. you could have maybe been a little bit more caring in this aspect. True. It's hard to do it all. More in this that's, what's, like, that's what's fucking hard. So I'm just kind of like hoping that the lives that I did beforehand, hopefully I got those other right. things on lock. I hope that in a previous life, David Goggins just fucking understood whatever it is that he doesn't understand this life so that he can move yeah. on after it. I hope that I would, I want that for him. He can have that. We should all, I hope we all have <laughs> yeah. it. And then we can all mature and then see what the fuck is next. Right. And stop coming back. <laughs> yeah. I'm done with this rock. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys also believe that we can be reincarnated into different extraterrestrial bodies as well? Or do you think souls are assigned to specific regions? Like, are we just going to be reincarnated on Earth over and over again? Or can we be reincarnated somewhere completely different? I hate this, but I love it. And the reason why I hate it is because I haven't worked that out. Like, I definitely feel that there's got to be some connections and stuff. But I feel like it's kind of like a part of the big Ferris wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, like, sure, probably. But I don't know. A part of me feels like I've probably been human more than anything. Mm -hmm. But that could also just be this experience that I'm experiencing right now. Wait, Rachel, yeah. you, you, yes. you, so Brandy was over hanging out with you and you yeah. guys were talking about a movie and I don't know if she told. And you can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had it on. I had it on. I had just started yeah. it when she got home. So, um, yeah, that one was cool. I kind of wonder, yeah. I don't know if this is what they're going for, but I, there is a theory that, 
humans are like soul harvesters or well there, there's another alien race that is harvesting souls from humans like we're like the crop yeah. we grow so i was almost wondering if that's what that was trying to say at the end there so all right for everyone that's listening the move so mike's partner brandy stopped over my house the other day we were hanging out and i was talking to her about a, the movie no one will help you no one, no, one save save you. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. no one will save you. Yeah. Uh, if you have not watched this movie, this is the moment where you skip ahead because I'm going to fucking ruin the movie. I'm going to ruin it. Now that I know Brandy has watched <laughs> yeah. it all, like this is it. This is your last chance. Okay. So last chance. Okay. Um, well, Teresa, you've seen it, right? No, but it's okay. Oh, fuck. Ah! It's okay. It's okay. I'm I'm down. I'm down I'm for a good spoiler. I still, no, I still like to see it play out, even if I know what's going to happen. So it's okay. I mean, well, to be well, to be fair, the ending is definitely up for yeah. interpretation. You kind of still have to see it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you still. Yeah, you still kind of got to see it. So basically, the whole movie is aliens come and they're like coming after this this chick, and there's all of these different nuances and aspects to her life and how she is just miraculously making it through and making it through and making it through. Uh, and then she doesn't. Right. And then she gets transported basically up into this room, alien room world, UFO jabby. And like everyone is around her and she obviously is either like she's dead, she's dying. Somebody's doing something. Who knows? And she ends up in this world. Like she ends up like kind of talking to herself, talking to her younger self. And like, it's all shadow work. The whole thing is fucking shadow work. Basically the aliens came down and they were like, you need to do this shadow work and you're just not doing it fast enough. So I'm going to fucking swoop you right out and have you sit down with your younger self and like review some things and like realize that, you know, other people have been mean to you and like you've been really hard on yourself and like you know there's some balancing here that you can be doing and then she just kind of goes into this world that is like her dream world and then it ends yeah and she's like dancing around in old-timey stuff and it's literally like the aliens came down they were pissed <laughs> because it was like y'all are not fucking doing this fast enough yeah. So uh, we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna just swap. Oh, please. Uh, another th- really cool part of the movie is that there's only two lines of dialogue in the whole movie, and the actress she yeah. kills it. I forget her name, but she kills it. It's great. Yeah, she did. A, she does a phenomenal yeah. job. Like the movie is still, movie is still. It's awesome. It's yeah. good. It's really good. But it's also just like. You gave me all of this alien act- action, and then and then you freak out like Rue <laughs> over shadow work. They're basically like, we just created all of this hell for you because you need to do some shadow work. Yeah. I saw the preview for it, and I'm glad that it was not what I thought it was going to be because I didn't watch it because of the preview because I'm sick of this propaganda against <laughs> aliens and non-human biologics. 
about how they suck so badly and that they're just here to hurt us. So when I saw the preview of it, I was like, great, another fucking alien movie where they're going to just make everybody scared of aliens because now that's like a really hot topic. So I didn't watch it because of that. So now that I know, I will watch it. Yeah, it's worth a watch for sure. I Your original question, though, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I still live in the... Um, as even even here in this like talking with you guys about this it's i feel like there's a division between um what you might call maybe the material world and i guess maybe the metaphysical or the spiritual world or something like that and um you know this it's 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 crazy that all this stuff comes through because you can't really deny some like when when it's right there in front of you when these these situations these synchronicities come into play like um, the other day I was listening to a podcast. It came on. It wasn't one that I picked, but it was um, Into the Darkness with Brian Keaton or Into the Into the Impossible with Brian Keaton. He's a theoretical physicist and he had this D- Donald uh, Hoffman who was on his podcast talking about his new book where he proves that it's impossible. It's it's uh, with a zero, a zero percent chance that we can interpret objective reality. So he his, he wrote a book about how he proves that it's impossible to interpret objective reality. And then he used a, he used a, uh, uh, he said, it, it's like, okay, I can understand. Like if I, if I'm, uh, he said dichromat, which is a technical term for being colorblind. If I'm a dichromat, mm-hmm. I can only see certain colors. There's, I know there's other colors, but I can't see them. Yeah. I don't know. I have no perception of what that means. I actually am colorblind, so I can I, I understand that. So there's like I can't see red, certain types of red and green. I can't see that, but I know that they exist. So we did uh, one of my companies. Uh, my main company is an interior design and home staging company, uh, Design Studio Three Twelve. That's cool if I can say that. And um, <laughs> we uh, we did a, a a studio. I actually I, I want to get the name of the studio, Vagaro by uh, Laura Price. And so this is like a studio. Um, my mom and my sister, my aunt and Brandy all went to a, uh, a psychic reading there, like a medium. And it was on the same day that that podcast had popped up. That medium opened up the discussion saying, hey, you know, this is almost like I can't see, you know, you, you don't see all the colors. We don't see all the colors. But we know that there are other colors out there. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. I was just listening to a guy, a scientific guy, talk about it in scientific terms and how the objective reality is impossible to understand. And then here you guys are. And it's like all this like, hey, it's not all about the material world is being thrown at my face. And then I'm on this podcast. So uh, it's it's pretty interesting. <laughs> you can't really deny all that. There is too much of a coincidence for all that stuff to be you know, this is obviously a lesson for me where I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I think I need to really step more into all of this. And it's really cool. But the, the, um, the, the aliens, you know, I wonder about that. I love the idea of aliens and the, the whole concept of something else that developed and evolved somewhere else with different parameters is, is crazy to me. But to think that we could, perhaps also like the operating system for a soul is universal. If that's, 
if that's true, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome concept. I don't know. I've never heard yeah. that before, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, even if you think about it in that movie, yeah, though, like in like all of those, like the creature that goes into the throat and takes over the thing, yeah whatever that consciousness is of that like it seems super scary right but really if it ends up being at the end that you're teaching they're like teaching the individual souls stuff like it's it's kind of like how all of that work can be fucking scary and how it all just seems horrifying but it's just because you don't know it because you don't have any connection to what that is similar to if we saw some colors that we can't actually see you'd probably freak us the fuck out we'd probably be like what the fuck is that color like what is happening to the sky holy shit Mm -hmm. you know like if we could actually see like the uv rays and stuff like that coming through we'd probably lose our goddamn mind hey i was like there i was just in alaska and i saw the northern lights twice and i'll tell you what that jealous that the second the first show it was it was kind of mild and my friend who lives there was like holy shit i've never seen it like that that's amazing but it's you know that it was it was amazing uh, apparently it was green i don't i don't know i couldn't tell but it was just this streak across the sky and it kind of like fluttered a little bit and it twirled and then it went away and then it was there again and it went away and it was like very cool but i went out um like a few nights later i i had to pee and he lives in a very small trailer while he's building his house out there so uh his his bathroom's in his room so kind of have you have to go outside so i went outside it was like four in the morning over there and um, I'm just, you know, I'm outside and I look up and it was like nothing I've ever, I was freaking out. I was like, holy shit, I, I got to wake him up and have him see this because this is like crazy. But yeah, yeah. I mean, what was that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ions in the ionosphere, magnetism, all that stuff, whatever. Crazy. Yeah. It's number one on my list. I want to see the Northern Lights so bad. Me too. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. It is, yeah. Yeah. Our friend Deborah used to live in Alaska and she sent mm-hmm. us videos last year of the Northern Lights when they were like at their peak. And Marco Polo's yep. camera sucks, but still the videos that she was sending were absolutely phenomenal, even on this like low, like standard definition like camera. Mm-hmm. It was like, imagine seeing that in person. It's just. Yeah. Incredible. I tried to take video of it, but it just didn't come out. But I, the best that I can describe it was it, it took this took up the entire sky it wasn't just one street wow. it was the entire sky and it was like if lightning was not so harsh if lightning was like soft mm. and cuddly and it was just swirling but it was flashing like heat lightning in in these wow. like colorful swirls all throughout the whole sky it was wild what a scorpio thing to say <laughs> <laughs> like cozy lightning <laughs> yeah <it was> <laughs> Uh, love it fun wow so this has been fun yeah this is more like instead of us really staying on topic and talking about topics it's more like this is what it's like being friends with the scorpio (laughs) yeah no the most scorpio episode i've ever heard good yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah let's talk about existence and being reborn yeah <laughs> what it means and then all of the other stuff yeah for me yeah i'm all i'm all for it and i really i really hope that we are not a farm for aliens yeah me too 
there is one there's like a comedian a skit that i saw a while ago i i wonder if i can find it so that you can you can put it on the on the instagram but it's basically someone being like do you think like we're not cool enough for aliens to want to hang out with us <laughs> we're just not cool enough they don't want to like they, what no they're not gonna, they don't want to hang out with us there's also the theory that they put everything on earth that is like the most precious of the things of all of the other planets so there's a theory that we're either like a museum or a like storage facility essentially for a lot of like the beauty mm-hmm. of the other planets. So the reason why the aliens, extraterrestrials, non-human biologics, however you want to put it, want to come and help us now is because we're ruining all their shit. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> we're 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 destroying this this create this creation that they made, you know. So I've heard it completely different where we're like the jail of the universe. Mm. Oh. And that they like send all the bullshit here mm-hmm. and like are just letting us figure it out. <laughs> so it's like the half, the cup half empty versus half full kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, I think the way that it was said was that it was like the Australia of the world. You know, how they just send like, <laughs> yeah. Like all, like these like criminals to Australia, like that we're Australia of the universe. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like that feels more right than this like <laughs> this intricate library museum where there's all of this beauty like but you know it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder it's true maybe we are all of the fucked shit from the universe but we made the best out of it museum to go to people still like the Munich museum yeah I was gonna Munich. say yeah, oh, yeah people I still like that. the museum of death like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know? So we're getting, like, the real, like, edgy aliens that are coming to visit mm. us. Like, yeah. They're, like, the ones that are, like... <laughs> I want to go there. Westworld. Yeah. I need to stop. I'm like, I hate... Yeah. All right. I <laughs> was driving down the parkway today, and the leaves are changing. I live upstate in, in upstate New York in Westchester, and... It's just, like, the leaves changing right now is so beautiful. I always forget until I see it, and then I'm like, what a wonderful world! Like, I just start singing that song by Louis Armstrong, like, you know? It's so easy with, like, the way that the world is to forget of, like, the things that you have right in front of you sometimes, so I feel like it's always a nice reminder that even though the world sucks, there is still some beauty some places. Yeah. Be thankful you can see it. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, because you're colorblind, so you don't see it. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm like talking about how beautiful the leaves are. You're like, wow, bitch. Like, no, well, I, 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 um, I do uh, one of the things I do is I make uh, cables. I do a lot of uh, like epoxy resin tables and stuff. So um, last year I made a table where I put all the the leaves. I arranged them uh, in shades of like yellow to red, um, which. That I can do. I mean, it's, you know, I'm just looking at the leaves. I don't know that it's yellow and red, but that um, right now I'm like trying to, to, to determine, oh, cool. It's getting to be that time. That table sold way too quick and I could have made much more on it. So I want to make a bunch of those this year, but I got to wait for the leaves. So I'm like, all right, are they ready yet? I can't really tell, but <laughs> I'm like trying to look at them and trying to figure that out. 
They're almost there. I don't know about Jersey, they're but yeah, they're almost there. there. Like, it's almost there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost time. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. I got to go put the rabbits away. Because I'm like, oh, shit, it's dark. And they're just out in Chilling. the... Well, the, yeah, like I have this other crate that I put on the grass. So they can just like eat the grass. But I got to at nighttime put them in the safety zone and i'm like oh shit i have not put them in the safety zone <laughs> well thank you so yeah, much mike for coming on here and being sure, a part of the show guys. really appreciate it it's a lot of fun thanks for letting us perceive you yeah i was yeah. gonna like say most scorpios, <laughs> most scorpios wouldn't let us do that you know well that's why this was the best one yeah <laughs> facts. facts all right well all right. astro hose mm-hmm. out astro hose out bye bye I forgot I'm the one that has to hit stop. Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Geminis and a Leo. If you enjoyed it, we would love to see you over on our social media. We have an Instagram at Two Geminis and a Leo. We are on Facebook also at the same handle, Two Geminis and a Leo. And you can shoot us an email at Two Gemini One Leo. quick though teresa are you seeing my voice make jumpy things at the bottom very little but they're there okay because i'm not it's not showing anything on my side yeah it's small yeah but i could see it that's how it was last time right yeah and and your voice was fine last time i did have to amplify it a little bit but it sounded perfect once i brought it up a notch okay it sounds better in my ears this time than it did last time that's good yeah. I want to be able to be heard in your ears. Me too. It's important. I like you in my ears. Ooh. <laughs> Is it? I think so. I do. I think so. All right. Um,